Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Just Euler, no Motes today, but that's all right. You guys already know the drill. When Motesy is out, I just bring more friends. And one of our new friends this season, he joined us back during training camp. We enjoyed his company so much. He's back again, Nick Farabaugh of Steelers Now. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere, folks, all right? If you're tapped into Pittsburgh sports, you've heard of Nick. He's the young bull out there grinding on the scene. Buddy, what's happening? And thank you for taking the time to do this. I appreciate the uh, the hype up, Wes. Uh, you made me sound much much bigger than I was, but you know it. I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to be back on. You know it's a busy week down in Pittsburgh, too, and it's a crazy one heading to Miami. Certainly is. We're going to Miami Sunday night in prime time. It sounds like Tua is going to be under center for the Dolphins. So, Nick, obviously the, the first question here is, Will Kenny Pickett be under center for the Steelers Sunday night? And to piggyback off that, in your opinion, should Kenny Pickett be under center Sunday night for the Steelers? Well, I think if Kenny Pickett is ready to play, he should be the starter. I think there's no question about this. You need to have a guy you can rally around, have a guy that you can tell your team to point to and say, well, that's your guy. Like, let's look at it from this perspective of what Mike Tomlin said yesterday. He didn't want to blow in the wind. He didn't want to flip the script. He wanted his team to know who to play for, who to rally around, who to know is going to be the quarterback. And that's what they need with Kenny Pickett. Mitch Trubisky could have been that guy, but the first four weeks he didn't produce the way they wanted to. So they went for the spark of Kenny Pickett, and he's brought that spunk. Um, They've moved the ball well under Kenny Pickett. It's more about, to me, with Kenny Pickett in the offense right now. It's about how do you finish drives. They've gotten inside the 20 or just outside the 20 a bunch with him under center. So I think that's just going to be how do you finish drives. So Kenny Pickett absolutely should be the starter. you got to get some stability on the offensive side of the ball, especially now after last week where it feels like they're starting to kind of turn that corner and start to figure things out. The skilled players specifically who maybe had some up-and-down weeks look like they are starting to get some consistency. And I think that's largely because, listen, they know who the quarterback is going to be and they know 
who to look out for. I think that's got to be Kenny Pickett at this point. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And it seems like, you know, from all the indications from the organization, that is going to be, you know, barring any setbacks, the the decision on Sunday night. You mentioned some of those skill players. I'm with you. It, it felt like things started to move in the right direction against Tampa. Um, I know we'd all still like to see more points, you know, uh, particularly more trips to the red zone ends and end in sevens instead of threes. But the emergence of Chase Claypool, that obviously has to be encouraging for everyone, right? I mean, there's there's been a lot of conversation around this guy. Back since training camp, you know, I think all of us, we discussed how we felt confident about the depth that the Steelers had at the wide receiver position, particularly in the top three guys that they had there. Claypool was certainly part of that. He made some some noise, uh, you know, when, when he said that he thought he could be a top three wide receiver or was a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Certainly uh, wasn't the case through the start of the season. But if the Steelers get that chase Claypool that they got on Sunday – uh, going forward here for, for, what, the last 12 games or so, that's going to go a long way for this offense. It really will, because you saw how much the middle of the field opened up when Claypool was just clicking, right? The crossers, the deep curls, the dig routes, all this stuff. When we've been talking about the middle of the field and that being targeted, part of it's because there hasn't really been anyone open there. And, and Claypool having that dependency and that consistency is going to be huge because he is such a – He's six and forty, runs a four four two forty fast. We cannot never forget that. Like this guy's a physical freak. He's a very, very, very gifted player. We have seen him at his highs. Remember Philadelphia in his rookie year where he went off for four touchdowns mm-hmm. in that game. That was the, his best game in a very, very long time. He made contested catches. He made tough catches. He was quarterback friendly. He bailed out Mitch Trubisky a few times, too. And that's what good receivers do to make their quarterbacks look good. And Chase Claypool made Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett both look extremely good when they were tar- when they targeted him. He was seven, had seven targets, seven receptions, caught all of them that were in his area, and that's the thing he's got to do. And once he starts to make those contested catches and, and start to consistently get that going, I think that's when the Steelers are able to kind of open things up for other guys. Think about Deontay Johnson. Think about Pat Frymuth when he's back in yeah. there. And certainly think about number 14, George Pickens. I think with Claypool starts to get going underneath in the middle, that's going to open things up top for George Pickens. I completely agree. That's what I'm hoping to see Sunday night down in Miami. Uh, with that, a nice compliment would be if they could get Najee going, if they could get this run game going a little more consistently, right? Uh, Nick, when you just look at it on the stat sheet, I, I, there's not – you know, a ton to sink your teeth into from Najee's performance against Tampa on Sunday. But I test, right? It it did look a little different. It did feel a little different. Obviously, he had he had the touchdown out of the backfield on Kenny Pickett's first uh, uh, first NFL regular season touchdown pass. But even some of those short runs by Najee, uh, particularly in the fourth quarter there down the stretch, it just felt like he was running with more of that anger and that physicality and tenacity that we had seen at times last year. Obviously, we all heard about him getting that plate removed in his shoe. Who knows how big of a you know part of that was in the equation? But does it feel like Najee you know looked a little bit better against the Jets? Looked a little bit better against Tampa Bay? Are we starting to get to that point where you think maybe you know not that he's going to be carving up the league like uh, like Saquon Barkley or Nick Chubb out there, but that the Steelers can at least rely on him, rely on that run game to be that nice complement to what it feels like they're building through the air as well. Yeah, well the stats didn't follow it, but I did think we saw a more athletic notion. Yes. By that I mean his lateral agility. I mean, this is what drew the Steelers to him. The man moves incredibly well for his size. He should not be able to move like that, cut like that. And I think the steel plate inhibited that ability. We didn't really see him make those 
lightning quick cuts like we did last year. That's why he was able to break so many tackles last year and create so much. I thought we saw that more against Tampa Bay. I think with Najee, it's just about getting back into the swing of things. He even talked about, you know, the, the Liz Frank injury definitely set him back. And it, it's hard to miss two big weeks of practice, two preseason games, and get behind the eight ball that early on, even for a guy like Najee. He's still a young guy. He's only a second-year sure. player. So it's tough, especially when you don't – especially when you have new offensive linemen coming in and James Daniels and Mason Cole, and you don't have a ton of chemistry with those guys. Um, Najee has to kind of reconfigure himself to this offense. Can he pick it? He has to reconfigure himself too. He has to re- reconfigure himself to the offensive line and figuring them out. And now with the steel plate off, now he's finally actually fully 100% healthy. Because, listen, like, playing with the steel plate in one shoe and not in the other, that's going to affect how you cut on different feet. Like, that is going to change how you play. So I think we're starting to get to that level where we can, I think, expect Najee Harris's uptick to continue. I think it could take a little bit, maybe even post bye week. But I think by the end of the year, we're going to start to see Najee Harris return to form and become the Najee Harris that I think we saw last year. Yeah, and that would be massive, uh, not only for, for Kenny Pickett in the offense, but for the team as a whole, play more complimentary football, uh, win more third downs, uh, and the trickle-down effect that that could have. Nick Farabaugh, the young bull from Steelers now and, and Pittsburgh Sports now with us here on SNR. Nick out there grinding away, as always. Uh, just a couple more for you here, partner. How much stock are you putting into, you know, there's there's been a lot of talk. It's, it's certainly, I think, started to pick up this morning and this afternoon. Uh, the revenge game element, right, for, for the Steelers against the Dolphins, guys like Minka Fitzpatrick and, of course, Brian Flores. How much stock do you really put into that? Are, are, are those guys really gearing up for an extra special performance against Miami? Is there some uh, some anger there, that some frustrations that they're looking to take out on the Dolphins? Or is this just something that sometimes the fans and the media can, you know, put too much stock into and it's an easy story and an easy talking point? How, how real is that? How big of an X factor is that Minka and Flores going against their old organization? Well, I think in Minka's case where, you know, you had a sour note and you want to trade it out, I think you will have a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. It's your first time heading back to where you were first drafted. And that didn't work out for various reasons. And I think there will be a little chip on his shoulder. As far as Brian Flores is concerned, that's obviously a massive minutia of information. And certainly there's going to be some bad blood there. But for a coach's perspective, I don't think it matters that much. I largely believe it's the Jimmys and the Joes um, that that really drive this game home. And, and obviously the coaches throughout the week and their game decisions can change that. I think we also have to put in perspective what Flores and, and Minka are, are going to be able to do here heading into this game. And Minka's going to be a big importance, obviously, with Jalen Waddle and Tyree Hill. But I think largely that stuff is a little bit overblown. Um, I mean, even Baker Mayfield went, uh, up against the Browns earlier this year, he lost. Um, I, I know he was yep. had a chip on his shoulder, but they lost that game. So, sure, it adds a little bit more pep in your step. It adds a little bit more intensity in what you want to do. Does it have a super intangible impact? I don't think it does. I think the execution of the schemes Brian Flores works up with Mike Tom, Montero, Austin, and the defensive staff is going to be more important. And certainly, the execution on Minka Fitzpatrick's part, but you're you're probably going to see Minka want to get a pick, right? You're, you're going to want to see a one-up. Uh, if you will, on the, his former team. So I think he'll be motivated to make the big play. Um, but, but I don't know if it's going to have a huge impact. It, it's not going to be a game-deciding factor. It's a storyline we drum up because it's a compelling storyline. Sure, and that's sure. what it is. But does it actually tangibly impact 
what's going to happen between the hash marks? I don't think so. I think that's well said by our buddy Nick Fairbaugh. Nick, I also need your opinion here on Devin Bush. Uh, obviously, he has been a, a much maligned, a much uh, dissected player here in his time in Pittsburgh. That's what happens when the Steelers trade up into the top 10 to get you in the first top 10 pick on defense since Rod Woodson back in 1987. There's been some good. There's certainly been some struggles over his time here in the black and gold. I think you can say the same about that throughout moments of this season. He's had some, some, some big plays like he did against Tampa on Sunday. He's had some games where he struggled and people have pointed out things like uh, some of the whiffs on Josh Allen and in Buffalo, what's your uh, what's your heat check? Where are you at so far? Uh, six games of Devin Bush in this 2022 season. Listen, he had a pretty quiet preseason, a pretty quiet training camp. We didn't see him even in practice do that much. But in the season, I think he's been a lot better in terms of just being a cohesive unit with Miles Jack and the rest of the guys there. I won't say he's been great. I think he's been fine enough though he, he looked really good against Tampa Bay that was the best scene I've seen Devin Bush play since his rookie season probably um, I mean he was just everywhere flying through um, he was going to gap shooting through them consistently um, you saw him consistently be able to impact the passing game too obviously the Godwin um, breakup is going to be the big one but he did in other areas too uh, he, he looks like he is starting to gain a little bit of form back Again, he's a volatile player. He is up and down. He is not the consistent kind of line you have with a guy like Miles Jack, who you know what you're going to expect with Miles Jack, right? You're going to expect the, the speed. You're going to expect the pass coverage ability. You're going to expect him to be a multi-dimensional player. I think Bush has been fine, and I think that's about the way you can describe it. He's been better than he was last year. Has he still been great? I don't think so. But I think he has been complimentary to Miles Jack, and he's starting to find his bearings in this Steelers defense, and I think that's been a benefit for them uh, in recent weeks. And I think the Tampa Bay game was exemplary of that um, in the way kind of Devin Bush was able to fit in perfectly without Minka Fitzpatrick and without the cornerbacks as well. I thought that was pretty impressive. I think Devin Bush is starting to find his footing a little bit, uh, even though he's not perfect, obviously. Nick, last one for you here, partner. It's a Wednesday here on the program. We do a thing called Best of the West Wednesday where I give my top 10. I power rank the NFL teams. Real simple concept that we dress up with a fancy name. Uh, in the best of the Nick, who is, uh, who's the best team in the NFL right now? Is it the Bills? Is it the Eagles? Do you have a surprise pick for us? Who would be number one atop your power rankings? Yeah, it's got to be the Buffalo Bills right now. Um, the Eagles are a really good team, but I'm still a little bit skeptical of long-term success today. I think the Bills fans just have it all. They have the superstar quarterback in Josh Allen who can do things that no other man in the league can do, not named Patrick Mahomes. They have a really good offensive line. They're starting to get the running game going with Devin Singletary and James Cook. That's a new dimension that they haven't had in, in previous years. The receiving core is as good as it can be with Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. And the defense is really underrated. I don't think people give the Bills defense enough props. That is a really, really good defense. And they're only going to get better. They're going to get Trey White back. They're going to get a lot of the guys that they lost back. And that could be in contention for one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL right now. They're such a multidimensional group, man. Such a well-coached group under Sean McDermott. I think it has to be that, coming off that statement win in Arrowhead. They have been fantastic this year. And so i got to give it to the Bills right now. 
Nick Faribault, he's fantastic all the time. Make sure you're checking his work out. Pittsburgh Sports Now, SteelersNow.com. He is our young bull up and coming in the Pittsburgh media scene and always uh, doing great work across the board. Buddy, I appreciate you taking the time here on a Wednesday. Thank you, and we'll talk soon. Appreciate it, Wes. Always. There he is, Nick Faribault. Make sure you're showing him some love. Faribault FB on Twitter. Like I said, he's grinding away. He works hard. He, he works. He covers Pitt. He covers the Steelers. He's all over the place. He's still in school, finishing up his degree there at that university located in the Oakland district of Pittsburgh. Uh, you know if I'm saying good stuff from people out of there. That means they're good people. Chris Carter, Missy Matthews, Nick Faribault. Is that about the list of people from the school located in the Oakland District of Pittsburgh that I'll say nice things about? Joe Rokicki, DVE Morning Show producer as well, too. How about that? Uh, thanks to Nick. Show him some love. I, I know you guys are always, uh, you power grid, you megawatts, our, our, our big fans out there, our P1s. You guys always do a great job of, uh, of showing love to the people that we bring on the show. Uh, the Backos, the Carters, the Garvins, everybody in between. Uh, make sure you're, you're showing Nick some love as well, too. He's young, he's grinding, and he's out there doing great work. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, that's where you get at me if you want to get involved in the show. Uh, we're going to do Best of the West here in just a few minutes. I'm going to get to your tweets as well, too. But first, you know, one of the things that I like to do here on this program as well, too, when Arthur Motes is out, is I like for you to still be able to hear from Arthur Motes. All right, you might listen to Arthur Motes, but you don't hear Arthur Motes. Uh, Motesy, part of the Extra Point crew on Steelers TV with Missy Matthews and some others, uh, talking about the offensive success in the high moments that the Steelers had this past Sunday against Tampa Bay. Here is the Extra Point. And, and help the team win any way I could. So uh, I just tried to come in, do my role, and lead the guys. Everybody stuck together, and uh, they had my back when I came in as well. So it was fun to see. We all kind of rallied around, um, and we just got to continue to pick each other up and stick together. So it was a hard-fought win, definitely a big-time team win, and uh, we just got to continue to improve. And it also helped the Steelers break a four-game losing streak. Welcome back to the Extra Point presented by Microsoft Surface. Guys, we have to talk about the Steelers' offense. Able to get points on the board, finishing drives, third down, an issue that we did not see yesterday, and scoring to start the game on the opening drive. What did you take away, Arthur, in terms of what this group was able to accomplish yesterday? Yeah, I thought that um, when you're talking about the first quarter, I thought that the uh, the scripted plays, the first 15, were really good in terms of the design by Matt Canada. But more importantly, the execution was there. When you're talking about Kenny Pickett, I thought that he was making good reads and making good throws. And the receivers were doing their job as well, coming down with uh, nice catches, whether you're talking George Pickens, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson early in the game. And we saw how they were able to maneuver down the field. Um, doing different things to substitute the run because it obviously wasn't as clean as we would have liked it to have been, but they did enough to stay on track and then ultimately getting the first touchdown on an open and possession drive since I think last year, week 10. Yeah. So that was a positive. But then we know in that second and third quarter, we had some adversity. Offense wasn't as smooth as we would like in the second quarter. And then we have the injury in the third and we have to make a switch. 
But when that fourth quarter hit, to see Matt Canada and this offense under Mitch Trubisky get back into a rhythm, get back to stretching the field. You look at what Mitch did on some of those third down throws late in the game, third and 15, third and 14, third and 11. Those aren't easy things to pick up, but those calls weren't easy to be made either. And it was just good to see both elements in terms of the on-field execution and the play calling actually being in sync for a change and ultimately leading us to a, a really impressive two sequence drive back to back from Mitch where he's able to get the touchdown to Claypool and then close it out with that four minute drive. That's the, the way that we want this offense to look going forward. But those are some of the things that we've been missing in terms of consistently having everybody on the same page and everybody being productive at the same time. So Shelby, do you think this is what they wanted the offense to look like from the very get-go? As Arthur said, the skills players, especially stepping up yesterday. It may not be exactly what they're looking for. I think there's still plenty of room to improve, but in terms of being aggressive, in terms of the big playmakers stepping up, in terms of getting things done in key moments and conversion downs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being aggressive is what you need to be on offense in this league in 2022 because the opposing quarterback is going to come right in and be aggressive right back. So you need to continue to push the envelope no matter how big or how small your lead is. And that's what the Steelers did yesterday, especially in that fourth quarter. I give them a lot of credit for continuing to maintain that momentum when Mitch Trubisky did come in. And I appreciated so much Chase Claypool for the way he played yesterday. That's what you Need. You need these guys to step up in those moments, and that's exactly what Chase Claypool did for them. The return of no, Mapletron. The return of Mapletron. Yes. Go ahead, Arthur. I was about to say, yeah, Chase was very impressive for uh, multiple reasons. Number one, we talk about his consistency catching the ball. We knew he came under fire a lot for that. He came up with big time catches. You see him right here on the jet sweep. Once again, we know that's one of his things that under Matt Canada, he continues to be a productive player there. But the thing that really impressed me was the fact that mentally for him, this guy has been under fire. His criticism, especially with the emergence of George Pickens, he kind of is the byproduct or the other side of it, right? When we're praising Pickens, he kind of gets the negative element of it, but to see him still be able to be locked in mentally, to see him still be able to step up regardless of who was that quarterback in a critical moment in the game, he provided three big time catches down the stretch. And for me, man, just knowing as a player, what it feels like at times mentally when you're feeling the criticism, when you're seeing it on social media, and for him to still be locked in enough to come out here and perform the way that he did, you definitely want to tip your cap to him for that as well. And along those lines with Claypool, I mean, you look at this Bucks defense, their pair of linebackers, their safeties, Winfield. I thought the middle of the field was a no-fly zone, especially with Fryermuth out. And Claypool did it really, really stepped up in the – the teeth of that defense, you know, with more of a route runner sitting it down in zones, beating man coverage as well. But in the middle of the field is something that's been lacking in this offense the last year or so. And he, he contributed a lot in that manner. And we have to give special teams a shout out, guys. Complimentary football, as Coach Tomlin likes to call it, all three phases working together. Shelby, we saw Steve Smith, Steve Sims, excuse me, I think solidify his role as a returner and just how that also helped the offense, not to mention a 55-yard uh, field goal by Chris Boswell. Well, you love to forget about special teams until they either do something really bad or do something really good. And fortunately, it was the latter yesterday, right? These are the types of things that win football games and Steven Sims is an example of someone who's really taking their opportunity and uh, quite literally running with it. Uh, and you can like, appreciate what he's done. You can obviously always appreciate what Chris Boswell has done. 
you got to play well in all three phases of the game. And special teams really stepped up yesterday to help the Steelers get the win. Yeah, and even more so when you're talking about the way that this team is constructed and we're still trying to figure out our identity, right? And we talked about that, Shelby, in the sense of this offense can still be better. They can still be more consistent. But when you're asking yourself, how do you win in games like this where on paper it seems to be a mismatch, special teams matters. You have to get you a big play, or in this case, two big field flipping returns. You have to hit a 55-yarder or be cleaning all your field goals. And those are some of the things that kept us in this game because as we look at the scoreboard every field goal mattered this return to start the third quarter mattered that was a big big thing when you think about the timing and how everything was playing in terms of the flow and momentum so when you really talk about all three phases this was one of those ones where it really was a legit three phase total team victory and when you talk about roster construction people don't look this deep but most teams have two or three core special teamers the steelers have six or seven, you know, Benny Snell, Killebrew, guys Marcus like that. Allen, get absolutely. A lot of, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they have guys that are out there on every phase, more so than most teams. And that goes back to the front office, coaching staff, and just the way they built the team. All right, guys. Well, happy Victory Monday. Thanks so much for joining me, and thanks to everybody for watching at home. This is the Extra Point presented by Microsoft Surface. Have a great day. We'll see everybody here next week. Great stuff there on the Extra Point. Always love watching those. Steelers.com is where you can get the visual element to go along with those as well, too. Uh, great stuff there. Had to had to get Motsi's voice in here a little bit, even though he's off on this Wednesday. It's Wesley Euler solo show today, all right? I'm a soloist. I'm just dancing with myself. Ow, 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 ow. But not with myself. We've had some good guests. We've played some good audio. When we come back in the final segment of the show, a little best of the West Wednesday. I'll power rank for you my top 10 teams across the National Football League. We'll also get to all your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions that have been rolling in here so far on the program. Uh, what to do with the quarterback situation on Sunday. Any other Steelers-related or otherwise questions you got for me, tweet now or forever hold your peace or at least hold your peace until Friday, at Wesley Euler is where you can get involved. Uh, I'll take your questions there. We've had a handful of tweets here so far. Last chance if you want to get some more in. We'll do a little best of the West. We'll get to your reaction as we uh, get to our final segment of the show on the other side. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.